0: Action Park Media.
1: Welcome to another episode of Victory the Podcast. I'm Doug Allen. I'm Kevin Dillon. Kevin Connolly in the live room. I'm so excited today. I
0: gotta tell you, we got Melinda Clark, who honestly, she, she had a small role on Entourage, and the fans remember her well because she made a big impact in a small time. She was also on the OC when, we, you know, the OC and us were two of the hot shows at the time and she's awesome so I'm excited for that but more importantly I got things to talk about with you guys obviously we know sometimes you guys because you're famous get paid to do things that I'm supposed to be involved with but well, somehow I'm not well, 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 I mean, <laughs> but you guys went to Madison Club which is oh I, my god it's kind of my home I've brought you both there at times and uh, this is a friend of mine built this place one of the greatest places did in you the world. bring me there I don't remember that uh, I brought you there and I what brought, do you mean you brought me there I brought you there to play golf we played golf there about seven years ago I brought Jerry there, too. Jerry and I won a tournament the, there. I Mark brought me. Mark Wahlberg. That, no? that, that might have been a different time. But anyway, Mike Meldman, who developed it and built it in Indio, California first oh, yeah. from Coachella was on Entourage and has been a friend of mine for a long well, time.
1: Just a side note, we didn't get we didn't get paid. We're developing a relationship with a golf brand called Golf Made Me Do It. They invited Dylan and I out. They're gonna buy some ads and we're gonna go uh, we're gonna get in business with this company. Oh, all
0: mm-hmm. right. Well I, I guess I didn't develop any relationship with anybody because nobody called me. Well right. you had to range every so often. <laughs> once in a mean, while. All right, but once once I got a real moon. important things. To talk about about this, Kevin Connolly is my brother. I love him. He's a good. What, human I'm not a brother, being. bro. You are. This is. I'm going to criticize him. So I was I'm gonna building say, that, I first. already know where this is going. <laughs> but I've listened. I've listened to his golf chatter for fucking three months, and it honestly, it's 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 awful to listen to. How was his game? He played great. You know, I mean, he didn't great do great in front of the camera. The camera doesn't Whoa.
2: love him like it does me. Yeah, so so just... he lost the match. Let's just say oh. he lost the match.
1: Yeah, for for nine holes of the 18 holes, um, there was a camera crew with a drone and all that kind of stuff. I personally found it a little distracting for my <laughs> game. Yeah, I but stepped also up to, to the ca-
2: You know, I like a little camera action. I shot a nice 40 on the front nine.
1: And look, Whoa. Since, since we're... Discussing these things, I mean, Dylan and uh, his partner, who is the the CEO of Golf, made me do it. I I, I, I think that the uh, the Golf Association might have something to say about their handicaps. Whoa. Not Dylan. Not Dylan. But yeah, or, yeah. this guy, was, he was better Mike, than a twelve. Mike, that what he Mike it was? Bronke, the guys, the CEO, he's playing. He's playing at a at a thirteen, 13 and he's hitting yeah. the ball two hundred and eighty yards. You're driving he's, par fives, He's driving par fives, and and it just it was a bit of a, a bit this of a sandbag. This is the
0: tough thing about golf because you everybody can kind of have a good time together if they're at their handicaps, but often people don't believe people's handicaps. So how do well, you? Well,
2: I have to say your your two handicap didn't really play to a two either. So my
1: uh, two handicap. What are you talking? About. i'm a 17 no no I mean,
2: your your partner was a two handicap
1: oh my partner and was a two. he didn't really play yeah my like a two our, handicap, our partner I'd is say. uh is a former pro at augusta which great guy you know, great golfer great but, guy great guy well, You I know, i was
2: him. out driving him by 60 yards in every hole but i Get mean he, he, the
1: fuck out of here he no probably one. shot one or two over the guy did he yeah he was good but but the point is with the handicap thing it's It's dicey. It just is because, you know, Dylan's registered handicap might not be what he's playing at because he hasn't been playing. I haven't been playing enough. That was my first time in two months. So while Dylan's a registered seven, we bumped him up to a 12 and he played good. No, no, no. Ten. Were you ten? Right? Yeah, you got a lot. You got a lot of strokes. That's all I'm saying. So, but whatever. We had a great time. Did you have a nice time? Well, he was a two. I didn't think he did. he shoot a couple of? I thought he uh, he, didn't really. he, He was okay. He could have won. Uh, we didn't lose because of me. I, I played. I played above <laughs> well, my. Was there, my there any big fights? fights? Was there any no, fights? No, no. I threw
2: Connolly around a couple times, but you know. And how beautiful is that course? I mean, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's I love unbelievable. it's one of my favorite golf courses. It's yeah. just such such a playable. All course. the Discovery Land places also, are amazing. Too,
1: I shot a ninety one, so I'm not like bragging about my score, but that's good with cameras in your face, and it was hot. Yep. I will say yep. this.
0: A 91 at the Madison Club with all strokes in, you've been playing golf for six months, is amazing. It was right? in an 83, like what I shot. Yeah, but you, you, your father's a golf Wonder coach, about that and you've been playing for 30 years. <laughs> I mean, the guy's been playing
2: for six months. No, which... it was legit, because I, I was looking at five 86, eighty-six. I put I put one in the water in 18, but we found it. Remember? I went back. I found it. I ended up... Uh, you pulled it out of the water? Yeah. yeah what'd you do? It? No, no, no. You put on The some cameraman found it. The cameraman found it. I moved on and started hitting the ball. And the camera ends, I got it. So I went back and I played it.
1: But this all leads to Doug doing something nice for me for like Oh, that never happens. No, no, I mean, I, I wish
2: he'd do something nice for me once in a while. I
1: don't know yeah. where Doug gets it hit would with be this. the like, end of the world. Doug gets hit with this, like, gracious. Where, where did this come from? I don't around? know.
2: It doesn't happen to me. And me either. Me either. Mean, he uh, usually calls you guys to criticize are brothers.
1: me. He usually calls to criticize me. Doug gets me a lesson with arguably the greatest golf teacher right i mean he, i mean
0: he's considered one of the best swing coaches in the world in and the world. he told me i had a natural swing 10 years ago well maybe you should visit him again <laughs> yeah maybe i was gonna get, say that he's going. got a
1: great golf swing and a bad memory um, <laughs> um but did he comment this is george Gankis, by the way did he comment on my uh, swing? He, he laughed when i told him what you said <laughs> um You're but lying. he i'm i'm sitting there and i'm thinking to myself are we allowed to say what it cost I mean, yeah, I guess sure. it's common knowledge, right? So it's six hundred
0: bucks for an hour. I was, I believe, the discount because I'm a friend of his.
1: That's this, that's the discount price. So. Maybe okay. So you think to yourself, like, listen, man, nothing is six hundred bucks for an hour. What's he, what's he going to do? There's nothing, you know. What's he going to do? It's. Uh, but I will say, man, I, I, I believe that in sixty minutes, this guy took four strokes off my game.
2: He fixed your reverse pivot,
1: maybe. <laughs> He fixed something, <laughs> but Doug, he sent you a video, right? Was I not the fucking swing, it?
0: Honestly, as I've said before, I've made fun of Conley because it it's hard to get good at golf in four months, five months, but Conley seems June. to have done. The swing looked great, Eight you know, but months, George, whatever. I could tell you, if you really study what he said to do and you keep executing it and get it to your muscle memory, you're going to be
1: good. The, the point is that whatever he did for, in that hour, it clicked. And now I know how to hit my driver, which I've been, I don't know what I've been doing, but I've been doing it the wrong way for a very long time. Hey, can I get a half hour for 300 maybe? I mean, do you really need to negotiate this down? I
0: will send you. Well, Doug, if you know, I got a birthday coming up. So, if uh, you, As long as you're pleasant, yeah. just so everyone is clear out there, you motherfuckers who send me nasty messages, I don't own this company. I am an employee. I am an hourly employee who's hoping for the minimum wage increase to happen in this country. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an hourly wage. He loves wage claiming
2: guy. poverty. They like, they like, no, let, buying a $600 golf lesson. How people
1: in their car rolling their eyes listening oh, to Doug's no, really, party? No, up. but really, what I want to say, no pity,
0: actually. Things are going great here at Victory. I am getting paid nicely. Connolly treats me well. He doesn't sexually harass me here or anything. It's great. He does me.
2: <laughs> he's only human.
0: But what I want to say is, it's his company so all the messages to hire uh producers to hire i, I don't have anything to do That's with this place you
1: just don't shut the fuck up
0: no no <laughs> it has nothing to do with me it has to do with you it's up. that you don't respond to this but here's where we are i just I want know. to finish You're saying right. this we got us we got to say this the action park media film festival which i love the idea it's kevin Connolly's thing i'll do whatever i'm told to do right but this is his thing. Right. So stop sending me messages. Uh, uh, Jacob Hall or whatever the fuck your name is. This guy, listen. Like, to Venom. Venom. No, no, this wow. is Venom. This guy sent me stuff today about what a jerk-off I am about this festival and this and that. So, Kevin, please address Lock this. Him. I mean, look, block we him. you t- with him. Look,
1: we talked about it. I did not know. That to have a prize, you you can't do it, or else it would have to be all of the films. Hey, we could take care of them personally. It's right? a couple. I mean, we could it's send a, it's nice, a couple. Uh, hun, a, a, there's a couple hundred films. We would have to post all two hundred of them and have people vote on all of them. All right, So, but do we have a? So solution? that's not possible. Do we have a solution? The solution is that the prize is gone. I, I we can we cannot give a thousand dollars for the all winner. Right, so that's it. That's my mistake. Talk to the Federal Trade Commission because. I didn't think it would be that big of a deal of a thousand bucks, but it's a slippery slope. We've spoken to multiple lawyers. We're going to choose a winner. We just can't right, leave. So what give I'd love to do,
0: what I'd love to do for them, and then so people stop yelling at me. Let's just come up with a date where we're gonna we're gonna say this is the one. We're gonna post it. We're gonna do everything we can. Colin's gonna introduce well, We're gonna you to post. His agent. We're
1: gonna post a few of them. Yeah, and then and then you know and we're, but we're we're gonna highlight we're gonna highlight a winner.
0: All right. So anyway, we're sorry for that. Or I really, apologize. Kevin I didn't sorry. know. I right. mean, I'm sorry that 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 I'm being yelled at. But all right. Anyway, when we come back, Melinda, Melinda Clark. Clark. All right, welcome back, Victory the Podcast, Melinda Clark. Just so you know, I've been chasing you for for weeks and weeks and weeks. It's almost embarrassing. I called. An agent I call Connolly called him and he doesn't get involved in that stuff. I Connelly. try not to call representatives. <laughs>
1: really?
0: Yeah, so your guy like didn't even call us back. And sad. and
1: uh, Doug was sad that you didn't read or was it Malcolm McDowell that didn't
3: read your both,
0: DM? Both, both. Both Melinda and Malcolm. Yeah. Interesting. But I know they didn't read it, so that's not really mad. But you know, it's... Okay.
3: Yeah, no. So thanks for having me. This Thank you for is coming. so much fun. Um, I'm new to the podcast world, of course.
0: You've got your um, own now, which we're excited about.
3: I do. Welcome with Rachel Bilson, beautiful Rachel Bilson. Um, welcome to the OC bitches, which we found. <laughs> Is not, um, some people don't repeat the word, but um, that's what we are. We can repeat it here. Right? <laughs> yeah,
0: okay. You know, so welcome to victory, bitches. That's <laughs> anyway. Connolly, not to you.
3: Well, and because we have this podcast, now I have to, um, part of our, you know, marketing is our Instagram. And Rachel, of course, has like 1.4 million. I had <laughs> like 15,000 when we started, and it's growing. And honestly, I did not see in my DMs, I didn't even know what that meant. So when, <laughs> when we were doing a throwback Thursday, I put some um, with the help of my daughter's roommate, who's a digital marketer, she said, we should throw, throw back Thursday um, for Entourage. So she puts this thing on there, and all of a sudden... That was random. That was random. So it, I wasn't trying to get your attention, but I We've did. We've been
1: trying to get your attention.
0: <laughs> We've no you know, idea. It's one of those things, Aww. like, during this pandemic, there's things that can make you feel really insecure, and the fact that that Malcolm McDowell and Melinda Clark refused to respond to me, <gasps> I was like... And then we called David Letterman, who's not the David Letterman, but another David Letterman that represents you, and he just didn't even respond to us. So,
3: said, I but, don't have an answer to that so thank you but yeah. but um Way to put her on the spot it was well but no, it was no, funny you David said Letterman check, check your DMs. so i went into my dms and i thought i don't see anything so i search your name sure enough back in march you had reached out and and that was what four days ago so i'm here now and here you are yes so, so we made we made it happen and uh <laughs>
0: also, I mean, you're kind of like the Kevin Dillon of the OC Bitches podcast, (laughs) because Kevin Dillon doesn't understand the the Instagram or any of that either. But so, uh, let's start with the first thing. We gotta get into the OC, Mm -hmm. which is people's, you know, interestingly enough, the OC and Entourage were on at the same time. Mm -hmm. We had so many crossover actors, which people ask all the time, why was that? And it was because there were great actors on both, and we would find people, and I remember seeing you on the OC and going, oh my god, I would love to get Melinda on this show. Um, But let's talk a little bit about the OC, because I watched the entire first season uh, last weekend, which oh, is nuts. It. It's like, it really is, it's so addicting, and you kind of go, alright, so how is it going with this podcast? Do you like looking back and, and reliving it? Or?
3: So, when Rachel just literally randomly said um, in an email, um, Mindy, it's Bilson. Random question, do you want to do a podcast? And it was right after lockdown, about a year ago, and it takes a while to get these things going. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: tell that to Doug. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I instantly said yes. I mean, we had no idea this pandemic would have us shut down this long, and it was something we could do safely from home. She has a six-year-old at home, and it's always been one of my favorite subjects to talk about. And, of course, now that we're actually doing it, it's even more rewarding reconnecting with people, having conversations we've never had before with editors, writers, the actors, crew members, and people who are so grateful to even get our phone call. Um, a, particular, a particular director said, I can't – it's so exciting to get your phone call. And, and Was that and Dan Addius It was. not It was Patrick Norris.
0: <laughs> Dan Addis was on our show. Yeah, too. yeah, He was a great director for both yeah, of us.
3: Yeah. Um, so in that respect – the fact that we get to put smiles on people's faces during this very unprecedented time has been so rewarding, and I'm looking at it with a new set of eyes. I've always been a fan of the show, and now that it's you know 18 years later, and I have a daughter who was three when it started, and now she's 21, and I've been through the teen years – I'm looking at it with a completely, like I said, new set of eyes.
0: Right. Your daughter's watched the whole thing, obviously.
3: She wouldn't watch it until she was about 18 because right. she didn't want to watch mom making out with young men, <laughs> which seems to be a theme in my life. <laughs> not my life. Uh, well, yes, kind of.
0: <laughs> I mean, that was interesting when I watch it now. Obviously, everything now you watch with a little bit of a different set of eyes because the the, the way the world is. But and, even
1: so, as an actor, I was never big on watching myself when it. I was not sitting in front of the TV on Sunday night. Night. This is the first time actually that I can watch episodes without I don't know, cringing, getting anxiety or cringing or whatever. So I'm having fun going back and rewatching the episodes. Were you, when the show was on, you, did you watch every episode? Okay, was So
3: that? Mick G was our executive producer. He's such a cheerleader for the show. We all used to get together at his house, which right. was up on the hill off Sunset, Bu- off Sunset Boulevard. It was like, could have been an episode of Entourage. <laughs> but, and we would get together and watch. And we I think we did it maybe half a dozen Times and right. then all of a sudden it kind well, of well trickles, off, trickles right. off, right? But no, I read. Um, I've been listening to all of well as many podcasts as of yours in right. the past two days that I can. But I would I read the scripts just so from from. You know, beginning to finish because I was such a fan of the show. You read and, the OC scripts, absolutely. Now, well, no, no, no. But at the time, right? But, but well, she ha- didn't
1: pull a Dylan and just read exactly. Her lines. <laughs> I, I was
3: just listening. To them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's true, though. Dylan be like, yeah, I figured I'd wait to see how it played out on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Keep some surprises going.
3: <laughs> but I am also because I would like to um, have some respect for the fans of the OC itself and give them something in our podcast. So I'm looking at things that I never um, would have looked at. Like I said, talking to an editor and I'm looking at the editing, listening to the music, which was such a a big part of the OC. And I love it.
0: We got to get you involved on this podcast because we need some workers who want to do that. We,
1: we same thing too. We've had editors and, and people really appreciate it. There's a lot of uh, aspiring writers, directors, actors, and they listen to Victory, the podcast, and the O.C. Oh, so they listen to these to get you the know inside. By the way, the I do look. too.
0: I was listening to Josh Schwartz on yours, mm-hmm. and – you know, Josh was 26 or 27 when he's doing That's this crazy, show. by the way. They did, do you know what, how many episodes they did season one? How many? 27. Seven. Seven episodes. And I I, I wanted to ask you about that because... That would have put Doug in a mental institution. Mm-hmm. No, no, I would mm-hmm. I would have been dead. It was not, not physically possible. But when I look at the show and watching it in one thing, it look almost... Look at how Doug
1: lights up when he talks about
3: the OC. Of all I, parties, I, I, all I the love it. So he's so coming. Happy. You are coming on ours because we need the super fans. I would love <laughs> it. But
0: can I tell you what, yeah. what reminds me of is one of our young writers who... I I loved who, who all of her and her friends were telling me Watch the OC back then and mm-hmm. I was like listen that's not my kind of shit I'm not going to watch it and the same thing happened I turned on one episode this is 18 years ago <laughs> watched the entire show and that's the same thing that happened last weekend so uh, it's just it's an addictive show but when I watched it now what it seems almost like that you guys were were not you specifically but the young kids especially were kind of unknowns and then it feels almost by episode 20 that they're stars. You can kind of mm-hmm. feel it. Did that happen
3: on the on the set? How did that happen? And I and I was thinking about this because I because our shows were similar. Um, 2004, correct T- for Entourage, and we were 2003. Yeah. Within a month or two, it was close to 15 million viewers, I think. And right after American Idol, and it was stardom for especially for the for the young ones instantly. But I was, you know, I had a, I was a young mom, and um, it, you know, it didn't feel overwhelming to me. It was kind of like this Goldilocks of a perfect job for me. Um, But, yes, I think if um, you were to talk to um, Adam and Ben and Misha and Rachel, you know, for Rachel, she seems to she's she took it with stride, I think. But but I've I've read I haven't talked with Ben yet, but I've read that it was very overwhelming. It was like a rocket ship. Right. And, um, you know, Misha had a lot of attention. She was an it girl. And um, I think at that age, it's yeah, I think it could be kind of overwhelming, which was interesting for your show. I remember being so excited to come on this show, and by the time I did it in the second season, it was a very. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was very popular and very inside in New York and LA, mm-hmm. and I had like in-laws in the Midwest who are like, we watched it, but we don't. They don't get it. They don't right. get it. But it. But people caught on. Yeah. And you were creating pop culture the same way the OC was not yeah. not just reflecting it, but creating it. And I think that's what the shows have in common. That and and going back and really researching that Josh. And you, I think, took from this magical cast and chemistry and started writing in long form television. You need to be inspired as a writer to write for for seasons and more than one episode and hopefully, um, you know, many years. And that's that's just kind of, you know like magic in a bottle. It doesn't always yeah. happen. Right? Mean, it's just a
1: unique experience and it just doesn't happen to, it should happen to everybody actor wise. Unfortunately it doesn't, which is, you know, it's, yeah.
0: but it is when you find that chemistry and, and if you're lucky enough that the, the writer and the actors kind of jibe, then you can really go into who they are a little bit, which I'm not saying Julie Cooper is who you are at all, but <laughs> it's, you know, one of the hardest things I think an actor does, which obviously Piven did, incredibly well on entourage everything you do on the oc your character you're, you're a very hateable person but you're lovable and everything you do on that show so h- how do you approach that when you're going to do these types of things like sleep with your your daughter's boyfriend which you did you know twice on, 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 on entourage and oc
3: well it's, it's it's always um one never plays a villain as a villain. You know, we don't. So go in, and say I, I'm in this arch character that is going to rule the world. Um, her her motivations and things that motivate her might be kind of you know it might be it's money. Like Ari was about money, right? And then um, some, some, and appearances, and her body, and money, and somewhere down here's her daughter, right? And um, and she's, but she's ultimately a survivor coming from something that she never wants to go back to, living in a trailer park, right? And um, and I think that's the the theme of the OC is all about outsiders and facades and perfectness, and of course behind the scenes, nothing is perfect.
0: I mean, that was one of the funniest lines when uh, you're like, he he said I was from Riverside, and he was like, you are from Riverside. yeah, but it was his tone. It was his tone. (laughs) You know, I mean, you really brought the comedy to it. I mean, you and Adam, uh, to me, were like the comedy breakouts of the show and watching it now. Like, kind of everything you did was funny. Was there any times that you talked to Josh and said, you know, I know it's a soap, so it's a little different than Entourage, where we were trying to be really realistic. But was there any time where you're like, I can't really sleep with my daughter's boyfriend. This is (laughs) insane.
3: Actually, when when that... No, uh, no, I never. Um, I became such a fan of the show because I and we spoke with Josh about this that the that the pilot really did fill the genre of teen drama, but he always called it kind of a Trojan horse with the with the adult characters in there as well because Fox did want their subsequent nine hundred two one zero, but and he started picking up on the vibe of Adam and you know, listening to Adam and Misha talk about music. Oh my gosh, they like the same kind of music kind of thing. And he put that in the show. And he became, he was very close friends with all of them as well because they were, you know, they weren't far apart in age. Um, So the humor, the meta humor, that self-awareness became um, progressed as the show progressed. And also in television that it, it it was such an education in that I would go to work. Feeling like I'm going to musical theater camp, which I did growing up, and which was such a ball. And I would take every opportunity to experiment, take chances. Um, it doesn't matter if it fails. We're doing 27 episodes. <laughs> if you don't take those moments right. in in this, you're not doing um, a film that's set. You know, and it's uh, for three months. You're doing something, and I'm going to show up on time, know my dialogue, and not be an asshole. And if I do some things i 'm going to inspire those writers to continue writing for me, so I can keep a job because Rachel and I started as guest stars, oh, and, I know that, and we had we each had a couple lines in the in the pilot and it was like, "Ooh, I want to write for that so
0: that 's a lesson for everyone to learn right there you know I think what 's interesting you know like we talk about our biggest villain on our show was our our, our good friend who was a podcast over here, also Dominic Lomardozzi. and he was based on friends of mine and the the kid from the old neighborhood coming out. And people were really, like, they hated him because he was mean to this these guys. And in real life, his name was Dom. People would yell at him and this and that. But I feel like Julie Cooper was a, was loved as a villain, like I don't think you were walking around where people were like, "Oh, how could you do that? People like loved what you were doing right Well,
3: and I heard Jeremy talking about the dialogue, talking to Rex, you know, and saying these very harsh. I didn't have to say lines that' <laughs> that harsh. <hurt. laughs> but there were times that the the dialogue was so harsh the way she spoke to Marissa that I would get the giggles and I couldn't <laughs> say the dialogue. And I'm like, I got to get this out. Got to get this out. Like, um, uh, she's getting punished and, and I don't like the punishment. And I say, well, way to rule with the iron fist, Jimmy, but it's not up to her. I'm not having her sticky fingers ruining my party. Cause she stole a watch <laughs> right. and I'm like, but I would giggle and it would ruin, you know, giggling is time, you know, it's money. It's
1: funny when you get the giggles at first, everybody <laughs> giggles along with you. And then by the third take, when you're still giggling, it's like okay i
0: don't know when you're doing anymore. 27 episodes of an hour show i don't know if you have time to giggle i mean it seems a like, lot I, of I honestly work. i can't even imagine a lot of work. what you guys were doing but
3: but I wanted to, you mentioned something about um, the comedy and such. I know that you wrote, um, every, a lot of people thought that your show was improvised, but, but same with Josh. A lot of it wasn't improvised. I learned because of people like Brody, who was very relaxed and he would try things. And there and, and so it's kind of become a game with Rachel and I, when we look at episodes, it's like, okay, did he improvise that? And, and sometimes we don't know, and we, like we need to go back and find the script, but I learned to at least button a scene with an improv, right? Or which actually a couple of them made it onto into entourage. Um, That's but, the dance. best chance you got as
1: a as a button. Well, we're gonna we're gonna right. talk about
3: your dance. Which honestly, I
1: swear to you, <laughs> I swear, about, people
0: asked like fans on the thing were like who came up with that? You came up with that. We know that, but. I still laugh about it, I swear to God, and I couldn't believe when we posted, you know, ask questions, people were all like, ask her about that dance, like, I remember that, so so you would come up in, on the OC and go, you know what, I'll try at the end, put something on it and see what happens.
3: Yeah, and I don't know, I, I think ultimately, there there was such a freedom, and although Julie is not, I grew up in Orange County, in, in south of Newport Beach, and it's, the world does exist, but it was not the world that I grew up in. I I drove a '64 Volvo, and my parents <laughs> were liberal Democrats, and, right. and and um, but I think that the character has has the most of Mindy in it mm-hmm. than um than these um you know the villain types. I based her on a, char- a an actress that I know. You know, cut her name out, but no. <laughs> no, <laughs> tell the, us, no, tell us. Tell us. Well, she was, she was this character who'd be like, oh, my God. She talked to you like this. Oh, my God. She looked fabulous. <laughs> oh, I love your outfit. Oh, my God. Don't you hate her outfit? <laughs> but she would change her voice. Right. So if you listen to me, I was like, oh, you know, it's just so this, that. But on but underneath, she's got this completely other world. She's very two-faced. and Right. But it was when you see uh, – and I was always careful and, and nervous to go back to watch the show um, as we were doing it for the podcast – and we've asked all of the actors. Peter Gallagher said, "I haven't seen the show. I'm nervous to watch it." Everybody's—we're all nervous to right. go back. And we've all, so bad. No, we've it's all right. been pleasantly surprised that it was good. Yeah, it really that holds it held up. up. Yeah, and and except for the bronzer and a lot of the makeup <laughs> and the fashion, but it Gallagher looks
0: like to me. He looks like Adrian. I don't know if anyone else sees that, but he looks like an older Adrian Grenier. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, and, you know, I, I've watched Peter Gallagher for my whole life. I mean, uh-huh. the Idol Maker was the first time I saw him. I mean, the guy's phenomenal. So, you know, that's, I think, what... What elevated the OC, too, was great writing and great casting. You know, it could have been, like, another one of those soaps. And, and not that I – I don't like 9020. It's not my kind of thing, and that's why when people said watch the OC, it's like 9020. I'm like, I, I would never watch that. But immediately you get hooked in because you can, you can feel the talent of the cast and you can feel that Josh – is kind of winking a little bit at it and and putting all that comedy into a show that you normally wouldn't see that kind of comedy in. So I think it really works.
3: He did it more and more and more. And then, which was, it wasn't planned. He ultimately, you know, the music, for instance, you know, instead of doing Top 40, he was putting these indie bands. He just put in things that he liked. Right. And so he put a new spin on an old genre, and that made a humor or making fun of um, making fun of it. In fact, for instance, um, there was a particularly skating review by a, um, <laughs> a man named Tom Shales, I think his name.
0: <laughs> yeah, Washington Post.
3: Yeah, yeah. So in so, Doug hates his guts, I don't like any credits. <laughs> Even the ones that like me, I don't right? like. So um, I caught this because I happen to read, there's been books written about the OC so Josh put him as an incontinent patient in the hospital. <laughs> um, Got to get to Tom Shales, the incontinent patient. So he would do these little things. Uh, Sorry, that... I did
0: that too with Brian Lowry from Variety. He made a character <laughs> out of him. He trashed us every single year. So.
3: Yeah, but I think that's what's fun in in what you and Josh have similar that you're you're putting things in that are you that you are. That you find funny, and you're not sticking to the Aaron Spelling formula, which was pretty standard at the time, I think.
0: And so was was there anything? I guess I go again, and I don't know if there was blowback at the time, but you're having an affair with a high school student.
3: (laughs) I mean, you know, like... could we get away with that now
0: no way right i mean
3: there was a um you know the characters of course ben i think was 23 playing 16 (laughs) but there they definitely had to add the line of dialogue where um when luke and julie are in a hotel room post an evening together and he's like "Ah, i gotta get to homeroom and she goes right (laughs) because you're in high school and you're Eighteen, we, they had to add that. <laughs> and by the
0: way, what you're eighteen. Very few eighteen-year-olds are in high school. The dumb ones, I think, are still in high. Like that's right when you he got held him. back. Yeah. yeah but how old was the actor who played Luke? Who was Chris Carmack?
3: Until... Um, I believe he was twenty-four. Yeah. And, was and 24. what
0: was interesting? I thought what was interesting, which I, I, if we get Josh on the show, I want to talk to him about what happened to Luke. All of a sudden, he's gone. Like
1: it was sounds the, like a contract negotiation.
3: Uh, yeah. It's an interesting thing because yes, Josh was the the youngest creator showrunner in history at mm-hmm. the time. I don't know if that's changed or not. Twenty seven is young. No,
0: no, I, I wish I was that young. <laughs> was that
3: young. <laughs> but um, so he's since. Because we ask all of these questions now, questions that may have been too sensitive back then. But in you know, in hindsight, or what do you think about you know killing Marissa off? Right. He thinks that may not have been the best idea, or that he should have kept Samira Armstrong around and and Chris. Why to write these characters off instead of develop them? Right. Um, I, I don't know that's a question for him
0: yeah no I mean we'll definitely if we get him we'll, we'll ask him because I think uh, as writers you know it gets complicated when you have all these characters it's hard to service people and you know I think it sounds like Josh was friends with people like I was you start to feel bad too like you, you're friends with them and you got Connolly with his little puppy eyes right there
1: going I got nothing I, I, good to do I, here yeah, so well, that's it I said just write me out of the scene bro but don't stick me in it with no, with no dialogue <laughs> yeah ah!
3: I, well, that's I think that's an interesting thing. If you're a showrunner and you're really, really close with the cast and they become a little bit unhappy or maybe...
0: Biggest mistake in the world <laughs> is to
1: befriend the cast. Like I used to always tell them, David Chase will whack you. I, I'm stuck <laughs> Doug, with everything. Doug called me, sent me a script one night and I read it and he said, what do you think? And I said, yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's all I said. I didn't, it sounds terrible. When I said, but I was like, yeah. He said, yeah, what? I said, yeah, I mean, is that the, is it the best script I've ever read? <laughs> no, it's a, good, it's a good script. He went ballistic. <laughs> if this was The Sopranos, you'd be dead. (laughs) you'd get whacked if this was The Sopranos but you know but to me I also believe that it also ultimately while it might have been more of a pain in the ass for Josh and Doug it also does lead to a certain there's just a the communication there and it, and it, and it did amount to something in my opinion. Camaraderie. Yeah. There was yeah, something no, there where you knew you could go, it, you it, could it, go and say, I don't really want to have to, or, you know, I'd like to do a little more of this. So while it might've been a bit of a nightmare, uh, I think it's no, it, a it, it, it
0: wasn't a nightmare at all. The, the, the success of the show had so much to do with the camaraderie between everybody. It really mm-hmm. did. And then mm-hmm. it made it kind of a family. And I, I listen, we're all sensitive, but I appreciated when they gave me comments that they didn't like something. And usually I addressed it, whatever. Right. So, so anyway, let's let's get the Andros because what happened is I I was watching the OC like I said weirdly like as a 35 year old man now 53 doing the same shit but I was watching it and I remember when we were casting for Malcolm McDowell legendary actor mm-hmm. Malcolm McDowell I said to Sheila I said you know I I, really, I want Julie Cooper from the OC <laughs> like you know, I,
3: I can't I've never heard the story from you so I'm glad I'm here <laughs> yeah I
0: mean I just thought you had the comedy and you had all of those kind of attributes that that I wanted to to make that work and I was like do you think there's any shot she would play herself and what is it like when you get a call and go we want you to do things that aren't great as a character but you're actually yourself
3: okay so talk about Meta. <laughs> but from what I understand, oh, and by the way, because I've been listening to, um, all of these, um, podcasts from, from you guys about auditioning and who had to audition, but this was an offer.
0: This was an, an offer.
3: Connelly's
1: <laughs> never gotten one of those. <laughs> Ever. Offer. Offer only. <laughs> Melinda Clark is offer
3: only. <laughs> no, not, I mean, it's, I've had a few of those in my life and they're just so luxurious. God, it feels and, good. Isn't it feel nice? Good. <laughs> but, um, I, so I was, I heard Doug is a fan of the OC and, um, um, but what was interesting in the script, It I, I don't know that I was told you're going to play yourself because <laughs> the script just said Terrence's wife.
0: We might have left it out to, to throw you off.
3: Well, or Terrence. So it just... And, Just a little funny tidbit when I, you know, when you come to, when you get offered a role and it's a guest star and it's part of, you know, SAG and all that, they say, bring your own clothes because we'll have some, but it's a bring something you'd wear to a wedding or a bat mitzvah. And I showed up and whoever in costume looked at me and went, who are you? playing you're playing (laughs) Terrence's wife and she they had a little bit they expected someone closer in age to Malcolm and and more uh, more matronly I don't know but they're like wait this doesn't make sense and (laughs) they
0: didn't read the scripts either
3: well and and then um, because I think it said Terrence's wife right? and And you know
0: what it probably did you know I was a little gun shy Gina Gershon was supposed to be on the pilot Uh as herself and she didn't show up like while we're on the set like she didn't know she was playing herself she's not coming so we actually Allie Larder saved us like on the pilot oh she
3: Okay. Yeah. So no, it's
0: it's
1: a funny thing because some people don't care right. and other people are very protective. Like James Woods, for example, came in and like he'll he'll, he'll do anything. And right. some people would do anything and then some people were a little well, like bit
0: like Bob Saget. Bob Saget said, I only won't play poor. If you want to give me hookers and coke, that's fine, <laughs> but I
1: won't play poor. I want to be very clear that I'm very wealthy and that's the only <laughs> thing. But outside of that, I'll say
0: anything. So wait, you didn't know you were playing yourself? Well, did we I, stick I th- you in that situation? Is every time I about?
3: Th- Think I thought I was, but but there was some there was some gray area. But um, it was wife for uh, for some reason in my mind. I think you said it, and maybe it just didn't trickle down. Um, but it was no, she's Melinda, and um, no, because I'm playing a fictitious version of myself, but (laughs) I swear I had people asking me if I was really married to Malcolm (laughs) if I really drove a yellow Ferrari or Lamborghini and I'm like, no, a Prius. (laughs) (laughs) So, but I, but it's funny. I, I knowing that I was coming on to do the podcast and I was trying to think of like, what are some memories from the show? And I remember the first day that I was there and we were at the Beverly Hilton, which is pretty iconic to get to shoot there. And, um, and I thought at base camp, Base camp, everyone, because I love that you explain it is where all the trailers. Base camp
1: is where all the trailers are. It's usually pretty close to set, but you park, you go through hair and makeup, uh-huh. you get in your trailer, and then everybody gets in a van and you go to set wherever that may be.
3: And I, I had this all of a sudden something popped into my head, this memory, because when you, it's part of a negotiation, it's part of a contract. It can that you get either a honey wagon. Which is you know or a three banger. Double banger. Or, or a double, a double banger. banger. This is not a bad word, people. This double is- banger <laughs> is is a is a
1: full trailer cut into two dressing rooms and a triple banger, do the math, is one cut into three dressing rooms. I'm ideally scared to hear what we're Ideally gave you know. want a single <laughs> banger. Well no, we had listen, the, the cast had double bangers for ten years. It,
3: and I'm a. It, you get a look, double bang? I understand guest star. Listen, being a guest star Can is put a, you in the honey wagon. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's like you. I'm a guest at a party, right? I'm not number one on a call sheet. You, there's a there's a there's a role that we fill as a supporting person, as a guest. Like I said, know know your shit. Show up. And um, I had a brand new manager, and I don't I I. If I'm remembering correctly, it's interesting how even your manager's egos come in. It's like (laughs) calling me saying, how is everything? Did you get your double banger? I'm like, (laughs) no, it's actually a triple. Oh, he went nuts. He went nuts because I didn't care. I don't think. Well, but if it
1: says double banger in the contract. But
3: so he, next banger. thing I know, they're like, we've got to move you. And I'm like, I'm really okay, <laughs> you guys. But I'm like, now I'm showing right. up like the Melinda Clark on the show. Oh, like, boy. She's
1: complaining <laughs> right? already about her trailer. She's been here eight minutes. This is going to be fun, right? <laughs> right? And by the way, just so everyone knows, I have nothing to do with anybody's trailer. Doug does give you Doug, everything. By, by the way, that's the first everything. time Doug's ever heard triple banger. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <know laughs> I'm still trying to process what it means. The trailer. Three people in one. No, no, no,
1: no. It's, it's, Okay. There's a trailer. There's a full trailer. That's I uh, didn't have anything. That's I a single, I to sit on the floor. That's a single trailer. That's Nobody on Entourage had that. Then right. there's the double banger where it's split into two. Okay. Identical rooms, mirrors. And then there's another version, which, by the way, the triple bangers aren't I've been in worse. They're fine. The, their triple bangers are three rooms in the But the big trailer.
0: deal is that they're all connected so you can hear the person. Yeah, or, I mean, know. listen, I
1: mean, Adrian and I shared a, a yeah. double banger for 10 years. And, like, if he would roll over in a nap one way, the
3: trailer would, like, wait. <laughs> I mean, like,
1: seriously, like, you you <laughs> live funny. with this person. You take it's a so- nap.
3: And right. and, you, and the person... Gets out of their trailer. Slam. And you're on a <laughs> boat. Your you're like rocking.
1: You're like nauseous <laughs> in your right. I swear
0: it's funny that but, I know nothing about that. But the this. honey wagon
1: is a <laughs> giant... It's like an 18-wheeler where mm-hmm. they there's probably 10, 12... There's uh, a men's and a women's room. And then there's like a bunch of little rooms that honestly are smaller than prison cells.
3: <laughs> it's enough to stand up, turn around, put your clothes a- on... And, 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 and take a nap. It. I want to say right, it's yeah. three feet by... Three feet wide, four right. feet
1: top, So weird. I feel
0: like I'm not even in the business right now because I, right. I, 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 I I wouldn't know. Oh, Did you we move would, you? you would Did hate, we take care? you? Would hate a honey wagon. Dime. Did we
1: take well, care of you? Did we oh well no you no, no it's just, And
3: I'm not complaining. Yeah. But it was like I said, I had a manager who just went. What do you mean? I negotiated for this. And I'm like, it's really not a big deal. I'm you don't it's not a big much. deal,
1: but I'm in a triple banger.
3: Uh, and I need a double banger and you suck and I'm on two
0: hot shows and you're doing nothing manager no
3: it's
1: okay well I I like this guy better than your new manager who didn't call me back (laughs) (laughs) so I remember I was doing a movie and I want to say it was the Beverly Hillbillies 93 whatever it is I am in a honey wagon, all right? My manager didn't get... I didn't get any bang. I was
0: in a honey wagon. <laughs> Your manager didn't even call to yeah, say... Yeah, but I was happy. like...
1: Yeah, exactly. But I, Yeah, exactly. But I was sort of hanging out, and I was shooting the shit with the, with the transfer guys, and I was like, come on, man, a trailer's open. Right? <laughs> she let me slide in there. Who's... No No one would even know. And he was like... Looked at me. He's like, are you crazy? I said, what? It's an empty trailer. He said... It, they are so – it is like Political. contracted. No, it is It is a contractual thing. They don't just like, eh, it's empty. Let's, let's stick. <laughs> stick in people in trailers. What is in print in your contract is what you will get. Did you squat in that? No, anyway? he no, no, said no. – I love the guy loved me. He's like, I would love to help you out. But it be. A, it's a big – it's a very real thing where you are with, the, with regards to here's your trailer. A,
3: here's another little tidbit for um, young up-and-coming actors. It's always – Um, A plus to leave your room clean and hang your clothes up. Do you think that's true? I think so. I there was a particular person on our show that left it nasty, dirty, and
1: (laughs) but like with wardrobe wise,
3: I do right. I I, I hang it up. Was it Gallagher? Was it Gallagher? No, no.
1: no. (laughs) (laughs) All right, just so people are. It was a socialite. People, people (laughs) understand what Melinda and I are talking about because it is interesting. Because I've had the thought. I'm following too. Okay, so what happens (laughs) is you know you this becomes your trailer. Depending on how much you work, we didn't spend a ton of time in our trailers uh, on Entourage, so we basically. Go get dressed. Maybe you come back at lunch and take a nap. But yeah, you know, I would just by instinct throw my, if I had lunch, a plate, I would throw it in, in the garbage and I wouldn't hang my clothes up, but I would lay them down mm-hmm. in some kind of uniform, not just take it off and throw, because somebody then has to come in and clean it up. Right. But you're
3: saying that that could backfire on you not no, leaving well, a tidy uh, I trailer. mean, I've been on shows where we've worked 24 hours, you know, so sometimes it's, I wasn't necessarily consistent every single time. <laughs> right. Right. There might be a bra here or a shoe here or something, but- But I know from experience that if you're leaving a bunch of nasty food out or if it piles up, then it's not, you know, it's just showing respect for the crew crew. and what they're doing because they're there with you at 2 a.m. rapping as well. So those little things I I think all
0: of everything that you say, which I believe that Kevin and I were were very like this, is respecting everybody that you work with Mm -hmm. is really the key to to doing everything. Also,
1: too, Transpo, they're there two hours – by the way, they're there two hours before and two hours after, after yeah. they're there. So when they're when all the actors are already home in bed, you got some, you know, you got a teamster and they're a little rough around the edges. They're in there looking at your room and they have right. to clean it. You yeah. know, and I would imagine Especially a guest star socialite that leaves a, a mess like on the on the on the floor. All right. Well, let's get past that. Okay. Melinda let's get past. It. Did right, not leave about the a trillers. mess, and
0: and no. we we took care of you.
1: So <laughs> trailers aren't important to actors at all. But go ahead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so now you, you get onto the set. Yes. And tell tell us a little bit about how the experience was and
3: everything. Have okay. you met
1: Malcolm before that?
3: No. Uh. Okay. Wow. <laughs> and first of all, such a huge Clockwork Orange fan. Like, what an right. amazing film. So to, to actually be his wife, amazing. What an iconic, cool thing. Um, I I had not met him. I, I met him right. that day. Um, but I think one of the things that um, – I don't know if you remember this, but um, those were some harsh lines between Perry and myself. Oh, yes. You know, yeah. and oh, I think it is
0: so funny, though, and so real.
3: Okay, so – We do the scene and then, um, but yes, okay, and you're obviously Melinda Clark being on a hot TV teen soap show, but you came up to me and I think we did one or two takes and then you walked up and you said, say this line. You just said, told me to improv, improv it. Do you remember that? I don't. It was the um, well. If you hadn't quit acting at twenty five, you might be you might be the one on a teen hit <laughs> show. And the response, because nobody nobody knew I was going to say it, and I watched it last night, was, <laughs> <laughs> right. and just shut everyone down. And it was time for a drink.
0: <laughs> I mean, I love it. The, the the feeling between the two of you, I I have seen that in this business. And, <laughs> and Perry's this time, awesome. So too, many times, yeah. yeah. Perry's hiding from us too. We got to get Perry on. the I podcast. love Perry. Yeah. I've run
3: into her a number of
0: times. I was always... with her husband two Hi. days ago at the at the country club. Uh, you're like, hey, come on! Why do
1: we get do we get Perry on?
0: No, the he, she called. I uh, like he said Perry's on the phone. I said Perry, what are we getting you on? So anyway, we're af- we're after you next, Perry Reed. So, but yeah, you guys had that instant chemistry that you could feel because what I my thought was that you guys were on the same auditions, going up against the same things, and you kind of made it, and she left the. Business, They've crossed so. paths
1: before at yeah. auditions
3: back in the day or whatever. For it was. sure right but you told the story within a few lines yeah you know we could see the backstory we could see what was going on between them and it established her as Melinda Clark as Julie Cooper in real life yeah. you know the kind of um, cutthroat um, I would it, it was kind of cringeworthy but it was super fun I mean you literally said say this say this line and honestly if I hadn't been doing at that point we were into season at the end of season two in Leosi and really really doing well in that, like I said, experimentation and having fun and that very loose, right. um, as opposed to, you know, um, a lot of techno babble or uh, uh, being a lawyer or a um, covert operator or something. Right. It, right. Was, it was just this, like, really fun, natural thing. Procedural <sighs>
1: dialogue where they uh, come ex- in and you find the fingerprint on the glass and you talk about micro, whatever.
0: Oh, that's where all the money is, though. Yeah, I was
1: going to say. You can do CSI.
3: It, well, and, that's, and that, that's an interesting thing because um, – Like like I when I was on Akita, I did I was I was listening to Jeremy's talking about the fact that sometimes his scenes were just him all day long, and I would get the same thing. It'd be my character, ten pages of exposition, dialogue, and it was a different way of learning dialogue. And it's not quite as fun as what we're doing on the OC or on Entourage. Right. And and, oh, and that's an interesting thing. The the most popular shows, um, like the CSIs or the shows on like the the, those procedurals, they might get real. They're very expensive. They make a lot of money. They have a lot of viewers, but they're not like super popular within the industry. No, which was what Entourage and The OC were, yeah. especially in the beginning.
0: Yeah, I mean that's what was great about us. We were lucky that actors wanted to work right. with us and stuff. I don't like that we kind of tricked you into playing yourself, but uh...
1: with all due respect to procedurals, because. They're great to be on because you make a lot of money and it's a good job security, but it's also a great place to hide out as an actor. And I know that sounds weird, but you could go do a season of that and not, yeah. and, and strangely, the Hollywood insiders won't see
3: it. Really well, and but see, oddly. you make a really good point because I think that's what happens when you get onto a TV show, especially the young young people on our show. I know they were looking forward to what's going to happen next. next. Like, I need to. I'm this is my first job. I'm I've got some success. I can't wait to try my you know see what else is out there. Whereas I, by the time the show ended, um, oh see, I was 38, and I was I would have liked the show to continue. Or it's nice to have a series and then on your hiatus do something else. But um, but anyway. Going back to um, Entourage um, or the Bat Mitzvah, (laughs) it was just – yeah, it was just a great first day for me and – It was
1: a fun episode. There was a lot going on. We were all there. You know what I mean? There are a lot of people came on and did and didn't have scenes with this one and that one. That was a, a great scene. We were all in it together. Everybody was dressed up. It was a fun. It was
3: a fun episode. And yes, and the the classic iconic scene with um, Turtle and Johnny and amazing. the kids and the, I mean, it's just so cringeworthy. Yeah, and oh god, and Emmanuel, a girl crush. I mean, how <laughs> yeah, beautiful? She's the best. Yes, yes. And,
0: and one of the sweetest people in the mm-hmm. world too, which makes it better. So let's, the dance. Where? What, okay. do you remember it? So I, mean, I if,
3: definitely. Absolutely. So I I grew up as a my mom was a dancer, ballet studio professional dancer in the '60s, and and I just grew up dancing. And I've always called myself a dancing fool. She taught me from a young age: if there's music playing, you dance. But the scene, I don't say anything, and Ari's just all up in arms. You know, he's got to go over to Terrence. You know, I need to speak with you, and I'm dancing, and <laughs> I, I, I do so. And and of course. I'm not a big hip-hop fan. My daughter's a complete hip-hop, so I'm kind of, you know, kind of a nerd when it comes. I'm I'm the 80s, right. you know, you know, new wave girl. So are we. <laughs> and, uh, and 70s. But, and so it's, you know, what, do you remember what rap song I was playing? I don't. Yeah, but, so it's going, and, and we're kind of doing this awkward, you know, dance. <laughs> and they leave, and I'm just standing there, and the music goes, and I thought, oh, do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> you know, whatever it was, I was dancing. And I hear cut, and I hear applause <laughs> from the crew, which I've never received. And who, uh, who was the AD? Was, who was Gary, di- Goldman. Gary Goldman. And were you directing? Uh, David? I was not directing. Julian, Julian was directing that okay. episode, yeah. Okay. But I was
0: I was there, and I I was that laughing was my ass so- <laughs> off. That was lovely.
3: I was great. And then I hear this, okay, well, let's do it again. And then they had me do it. Um, I don't know, three or four times. They're like, "Never as good as the first time." Let's stick with the first one. Oh, and Jesus. Who the said <laughs> that? But,
1: but, it, but it's true now that now it's like this big build up. And right, right. in the moment, it was funny. Now you're. By it. the way, for young directors out there, what a fucking horrible. There's no note. way that Julian said that. I'm <laughs> right. sure it came off that way, but there's
3: no way. <laughs> no, I know, it may have been the ad, but, yeah. it, but it wasn't in a bad way. It was yeah. like, "Can you do that? Okay, can you do this again?" And then once it was directed, and trust. I don't. It'll I don't never get that. better
1: than the first time yeah. on a, on a pure improv that goes over well. It is amazing though to think about. I swear to you, I remember it
0: fifteen years later because yeah. it made me laugh so hard, and it also and it did to my own credit. It made me think, wow, I wanted her on this show because of your comedy abilities. And even though at that point there wasn't that much for you to do, you made every moment really count. And that's, you know, when an actor can do that, you go, okay, I want more of that. And now that I know you don't need a, a, a single banger, what is it, Kevin? <laughs> she needs a
1: double banger. Man. If I ever work again in the business, just we got to work again ever together. don't say triple banger, just but, a double but, banger. but
3: I think that that is a comment on where I was at the time of, of, of being an actress and your growth and such, that I'm going to do it exactly the way it's written, because I know that you guys, I mean... I'm a perfectionist and I don't even want to change one syllable and do it exactly the way it's written. And then, I, like I said, you can kiss it with an improv at the right. end because you can always cut it off and then it's there.
0: Yeah. Well, we were very big on... Just get it down
1: once, and then do whatever you want. And I will say like, that about Doug. Like, it, it, get one. Get <laughs> Doug. He said, came up to us one day. and He said, guys, you have to have at least one that makes sense grammatically. Because I don't know what anybody's. Whatever that just happened there doesn't make sense I grammatically. That you I swear that? I it doesn't that make sense. I'll play it back for you. It sounds like you guys are speaking a different language. Get one <laughs> <laughs> that's word perfect, and then you can do whatever you want. Right? But you had to get the one.
0: I mean, but it's a good way to work, and especially when you do have actors. And I don't know, do you have an improv background at all, or Mm. no?
3: Not really. Um, honestly, my father was an actor. He was he did the pilot of Days of Our Lives in 1965, and he was on the show for almost 40 years. Wow! I didn't know that. And in his time, he was never on the blooper reel. In, four, <laughs> in almost 40 years. 40 years. So he was I, happy like, about that. Well, yeah, well yeah, it's so a like, good, yeah, You go to the things, you're like, why aren't you on the boob? Because I never mess up. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm this o- almost overly, because it's okay to, to stumble once in a totally. while, but it, but, but screwing up is money. We know that you've got unions, oh. you've got t- by uh, by meal way, penalties. I mean, you said got,
0: you had some slobs in the trailers. We had some people who just refused to study <laughs> their lines. And it's really, it's it's such a, it's not about, just the disrespect of it, the damage it does to a production, and the amount of time it wastes—it's sad, you know. And, and it's you know it is an easy thing the, to memorize your lines.
3: I re- I think this was at the beginning of the. Um, I had three episodes in the final season. Yes. And I, this first one was called the motherfucker. <laughs>
1: motherfucker. <laughs> By the way, we would not
3: call e- it that today. Season eight, really? episode, yeah, Season uh, mother- eight, episode five. Yeah, episode. very. But um, I remember. <laughs> And I think that it was this episode, but you and Kevin came into the makeup trailer. I was getting my hair and makeup done, and you said, "Hey, do you want to run run the run the scene?" And sure, we ran it. And you went, <laughs> "Well, that was good. You That's know, yeah. you know your lines." Yeah. And I thought,
0: <laughs> "What kind of place is this?" No,
3: no. And I thought, and I asked you, I'm "Like." Does this, does this, is this not the norm? Do people not know their lines? And, and, and you went, oh, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> really? if you stick
1: around long enough, you'll see it up close and personal.
3: <laughs> well, and I, I know that people can, you know, especially if you're young or something, you can, um, get a little bit, people can go up, but, um, I just, I've, I've had to learn over the years to, I need to be over prepared. So uh, you were asking about improv. I think improv is one of the best things that we can learn. And I feel like I should go to the ground lead.
1: But there's know? a time and a place yeah, for improv. Yeah. You know? But I mean, I think, I think it's
0: like you said, you get the lines down, then you have time to fuck around. If you mm-hmm. don't know the lines and you're just fucking around, you end up with stuff that makes no sense grammatically. But uh, I, 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 you know, it, it's, always a tricky thing and especially when you're working with younger actors you know because i remember there were actors who came on this show like gary cole and i was just like oh my god can you imagine working like this every day gary cole
1: didn't miss a comma or a period or i mean it was like he was like a machine and also
0: things about that which i I wonder how how you feel about it like gary cole have you ever worked with gary cole Mm -mm. by the way he was just a genius Mm -hmm. but i had written this whole part for, like, a Paul Giamatti type of guy, and I got a call that Gary Cole wants to play it. I'm like, come on. I, I thought mean, it was like,
3: Eric Bogosian.
0: You know what? Oh, you listen? Melinda's <laughs> listening. So, really, it was it really was Eric Bogosian because it was based on talk radio and Larry Sanders thing yeah. he did. But Gary Cole said, I want to play the part. And, and like, uh, he wants to audition, which I was so uncomfortable with having a guy of this stature come read for me <laughs> in a room. And it was like three this lines. Is what we and like I was to like, talk about. I can't believe I have him. So, uh, for you, when you get calls still for an audition how do you
1: feel about that are you like
3: oh of course i everybody has to audit. i mean very rarely do we get a lot of well, no the
1: days of the uh, the offer are over yeah you got to read
3: yeah and i mean i just put one on tape for myself um on saturday for an hbo new show right. and um the whole and i i had success sometimes with self tape but it's um but it hasn't been recently. I don't know. You'd
1: prefer to go in? See how I'm looking at her? Like, what? Are you crazy? I mean, me personally, I would choose the self-tape.
3: Especially. I know I've been liking the self tape because I can do it although if, you're comfortable are I'm you having, lighting my, it and set oh, you have no it? idea because <laughs> I've got the studio and I've got the lights <laughs> and and now I'm but but I'm I have more trouble watching because we where our podcast is on um YouTube I'm having trouble watching that because I it's like all of a sudden it's we're actors we're used to perfect dialogue it's lit well it's edited it's it's wrapped up in a pretty package and a bow and it's put out there. And now here I am speaking in non sequiturs or stumbling or, or interrupting people or, you know, these things that I was right. like, wait, that's me. You know what? People like that. I know that sounds <laughs> You want
0: to hear something crazy, Melinda? What? I don't know if you listen to this episode. Connolly got a call from a big show. They said, we want, podcast clips because we're thinking about you for this role
1: (laughs) i swear to god like you imagine podcast clips no i mean no one calls no one calls me the world is changing (laughs) but this is why i try to tell doug about podcasting is that people do appreciate a certain amount of that now if it's an absolute disaster and you're really stepping all over people but i think people sort of like the raw nature of a podcast which is true when you watch it on youtube you're like wow that's Far from edited, right? I'm usually more edited and people...
0: But they also, what they like now, which is interesting, you played Melinda Clark on our show, but now people, they really like to see the real people mm-hmm. behind the things now. How do you feel about that while you're doing this podcast?
3: Well, and because I've been listening to your podcast and you bring, you brought that up, that this is, first of all, I think podcasting is like the wild, wild west, that, I try to tell Douglas. Okay. And Please and so him. so I've been listening to as much as I can and I think there was for instance there was there was a West Wing Rewatch podcast. Like what does rewatch mean? Do we get to watch the episode? No, we don't have the rights to do that. So we're going to go scene by scene with Josh Schwartz, for instance. Um which is but then but then other episodes, we have to be flexible for the for the guests. They're they're not going to know the the show the same way Josh knows it. Right. We might be just talking in general about writing or having a conversation like we're having, and that's why I'm really I was really excited to to listen to yours because we talk about the episode, but we're having these conversations organically, and I think that's what Rachel and I do better because instead of having this plan. Right. Exterior,
0: scene
1: one,
3: you know. uh, Which we did. You
0: know, and also it's not to dismiss the writing on Entourage because I do feel proud of it. But, like, how much detail can I go into about, you know, how I did this? And I like more about you being in your trailer with some slob and the triple (laughs) banger and discussing that stuff. I just find it a more organic, interesting conversation. And
3: and that is what we're doing. We're now... Instead of having a private life, and and it's been a little bit uncomfortable, put it that way. Just because it's new, and yeah. if we're if we're, I'm putting myself out there, and there's might be somebody who says something negative. I've never, I like the way you deal with negative comments. By the way, I just uh, noticed. I don't
0: know if it's the right thing or not. <laughs>
3: But, Very healthy. But I've never put myself, I've never even liked doing publicity. Right. So now I'm putting myself out there, and sometimes it's going to be, you know, it's all subjective. It's like art, you know, you put yeah. it out there, and somebody says, well, they're not talking about this or this or that. We're not going to make anybody happy. My experience is different than Rachel's, it's going to be different than every single person involved in the show. And I can only tell the truth about what I experienced. Well, what
0: I can tell you for health benefits for yourself. Is- <laughs> The truth is, and the OC and Entourage, there is a great fan base that still yes. cares about us. And hopefully we can grow it even more with this and, and our own personal things. But when you let people into who you are a little bit, I think they appreciate how much time and hard work goes into any show. Even the shitty ones, by the way. Like mm-hmm. lots of people invest their lives and their time into this. So so
1: I'm looking at this and, and honestly, she was- you you, came, you were in and out. So you were there season two and you were there season eight. So you you pop in a bunch. How, do, how does it come down about the season eight? Because you're in the last three episodes mm-hmm. of Entourage All Together. How does it come down? Is it pitched to you? Hey, this is what we want to do. Or uh, because, you know, you had been, not been there for a season or two. So it's like, hey, they want you back. Here's the story. How, do, how does that work for that last uh, big uh, run?
3: No. I mean, it was just they're looking – they'd like you to come in for an episode. We've got an episode for you, and it was a no-brainer. I, and I wanted to um, throw out before – one of my favorite scenes was that scene with Ari that I'm, I have my own – or Melinda. <laughs> 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 Melinda has her own show, and I just – I wanted to comment on this because it was a very elaborate set. We were shooting on the Paramount lot. Um, Melinda comes out of the um, big, huge stage door, and it was like a scene from The Grifters, if you remember, and that yeah. bedding, walking through that those classic scenes where you're on the lot, scene where yeah. you're on a movie set, and it was choreographed, and you have the dark uh, barking dogs. And she, you come out, she comes out of the stage, and this, and the stage has the big, huge mural of what my fictional show and it's one, it's a one scene, it's, um, a steady cam and it's just, and it just felt like such Hollywood and the dialogue was so boom, boom, boom. And I just wanted to, that was such a joy doing that episode or that scene with, with Jeremy. It was just one scene. And then I jump into the, um, Ferrari, yep. Lamborghini, and 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 I did improv. Ari, I'm late for pole dancing class. <laughs> I literally was going to a pole dancing class that day, <laughs> so it made the cut. But I like it. But that was um, that was in 2009, I believe, and.
1: Yeah, that was season six. Yeah. They wanted season okay. six. Okay.
3: And then I got the call. I was doing a show called Nikita in Toronto, and I got the call that um, they're interested in doing two or three episodes, and I was like, what a, what a fucking honor. Of course. Of course I'll be there. So, no, it wasn't pitched to me. I've only had some one thing pitched to me. I played a character on CSI Dominatrix. <laughs> 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 and, and, and CSI, which one? The Vegas, the original. It's just That's the original? CSIS, yeah. or I wouldn't even know that. Anthony Zyker called me and said, this is what I want to do with your character. And I was like, sure. But um, no, I mean, it's always so much fun to do. I mean, I remember at the rap party at the Bazaar. You love the Bazaar, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I did. I
0: haven't been there in so long. Well, it's yeah, closed I, did now. Love it. I loved it, yeah.
3: But I was at the rap party and I remember seeing you there and just saying, Any, anything you ever do, Doug, I love doing this kind of um, dramedy man but. as opposed to right. i just remember
1: that was the i always trusted doug i always knew that whatever he's sometimes he's a little moody but if he <laughs> but if he, he hasn't steered me wrong yet but that was one time not gonna lie where i was like what are we doing <laughs> with them with them <laughs> yeah. your relationship yes. these guys like, if anyone I,
0: doesn't remember these two yeah had a little so connection.
1: he <laughs> and melinda have an affair and melinda is like sloan's stepmom and it's you know, I don't know. I'm thinking, what's going to happen to me? Truthfully, like I thought it was such a bad. I'm like, is this gonna? It's gonna like by the last, we're gonna go out with this being hated. You know, and and there was a little bit of that. Well, of course, people think that you're somehow really doing like what's wrong with you? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> what's wrong with me? What and what about? I got the script. I read the. I read the script, but the thing that I remember most, and and um, f- for actors that direct shows that they're on, and they talk about you have to be, you should be light in the episodes that you direct. But mm-hmm. the truth is. You need to be light in the episode before you direct because that's when you're prepping the episode. You were so not light. I was not light, but <laughs> I remember us doing our scene, and I remember I hadn't eaten in four days. I was like starving, basically. Meaning, to whatever. Get, to make yeah, you were getting shirtless. I was like starving, and I was, and I was prepping. So I was not. I was like working on location scouting, and then I had to show up, and we do this. This scene and right. this, this house and like whatever out and so what do you Hancock, remember about? That I remember being really hungry. I remember being really hungry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I watched the episodes last night, um, kind of late because because this happened very quick oh. and and I totally get what you're saying about how it's a little uncomfortable and she's and it felt very predatory, right? Very calculated, right? And um and but. The first wait, well, there's the first scene. Well there's we have the one, scene the first, at the bar, right? We meet at the bar. And then get get a little drunk at the bar. And then the, the thigh grab <laughs> or something and And then we end up right, right, okay, and then there was another, oh, yeah, so that that was the um that that was pretty funny. It was like, but you'll still be my still be my manager, right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I'm
1: saying, like even at that point, you could have recovered, but we did reach the point of no return, and Emmanuel Sloan was such a beloved character, yeah, that together what we were doing to her was just felt just felt
3: bad, but it was a comedy, and
1: it was funny. She broke up with you it and,
3: felt it definitely felt a little uncomfortable, you but know you know I mean, what scene? I felt kind of uncomfortable was um. We're a little cringeworthy, just because I don't ever speak that way. But we're in the montage um, at the bar. Is this where at, at the bar at the montage? Yeah, and then Galecki comes in, but <laughs> but at, which is a funny – Did you know? Did you know this? No, I I remember he was chewing gum and he took his gum and he <laughs> stuck it on the table in the scene <laughs> underneath. But you don't really see it. Yeah. I just remember he did that. But but. <laughs> that Melinda well, quote Melinda says I can't believe I didn't fuck you hard enough to make you forget about her I was like oh my gosh what a the horrible
1: whole thing, by line way, I'm, but I'm blushing even like talking <laughs> about it, and Emmanuel too like of all people how could you do that to Emmanuel right. it's terrible and you know it's you know funny too and this is true Emmanuel obviously wasn't really hurt obviously <laughs> but there was like a moment where Emmanuel was like, I can't believe like you're doing this. I'm like, I'm not doing anything. Doug Doug is doing it. Doug is doing all this. She. We actually had a moment where
3: Emmanuel was like, Manuel, I'll be fine. Season 8. <laughs> end of season 8. We're going to cruise off on the plane. She and I DM'd over the weekend as well. Right. And she was like, I just can't – or she did something on her Instagram story, something about a, her hottest stepmom, but what she did with E. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. I was like – You know yeah, what? And, I
0: can't even say why I – Came up with that. I, I know just was part of me way was way like, out there for but, me, but there was something about the Julie Cooper thing <laughs> and making Melinda really be Melinda and just fucking with people's heads, which I don't know whether it was the right move or not. I loved what you guys did. I thought it was great. And-
3: well, you know what I thought was kind of funny, and I remember at the time, but it was it just it, it just lent itself to the humor is when they're at the um, farmer's market and Turtle <laughs> yeah. says, they're here. I gotta go. And and so you jump out of the um, out of bed and I'm just tagging along like a puppy dog. She's right. like, what are you, 60? What are you doing here? I'm like, oh, <laughs> this keeps me on my toes and and just like trotting along. Uh, that one I directed. Yeah. One, the <laughs> Farmer's Market I
1: directed. I'm sitting there. Johnny Galecki. Johnny Galecki Who's all hilarious, by the way. I and mean, we did not have control of the Farmer's Market. Now, anybody that knows the Farmer's yeah. Market. What normally- he means
0: by control is means we we don't shut
1: it down. There's real people when, eating when and When we shot moving an Aquaman, and- uh, you shut down the Santa Monica Pier. Kind of. The farmer's market was wide open. People walking by screaming, I'm
3: like, okay, well, let's go (laughs) back.
1: Let's do that again without the guy standing at the camera. But it's hard to shoot those live crowd scenes, mm-hmm. yeah. but Galecki was awesome. I, the whole thing was awesome. Can
3: I tell you something? Um, because in the scene, you guys, what were what was the dialogue where we mentioned Seth Green, <laughs> and I ended up sitting next to him on a plane a week later. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. So we were t- we were, were you talking? Oh yeah, that's hilarious. Like, He's hey, such I, a nice we, guy. I just said we just talked about you in the scene. Da, da, da. He's so funny.
1: I wonder how Seth Green feels about playing himself on Entourage. Well, about, we got to get him. Of on? all the quotes, the one. The, they're they're almost all Seth Green quotes that what up, people Sloan? tell Sloan, I said what up? It's usually from Seth, and I he must hear it. And I'm sure it's like not nearly as amusing to him. We'll
0: have to get him on then. and ask him. We got to reach out
1: him. to him. I yeah. do
3: want to say though, I do think that I was told that I was playing myself, and I don't, I just don't think anybody else knew.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I kept it a secret. All right. Well, I got to do fan questions because what okay. happened is we don't do them, and then people again. I, we talked about this before you got here, but I said yell at Connolly when things don't happen I just I just work here I just show yeah. up so people want to know did did you turn down the role of Sydney? in Scream? is screen? that
1: true nope okay I well know. well care to expand Michelle
0: on Rye Michelle?
3: I don't know where things like that ha- come from Michelle
1: so. or Ke- Michelle Rakowski yes false
0: false question um okay how was okay Alan Dale who I love we got to mm-hmm. get on yes. also I mean
3: have you been in touch with him
0: I have not so because you, he
3: hasn't responded I lovely lovely man um I would does love
0: David Letterman him. represent him I mean <laughs> <laughs> But I would love so, Alan I was going Dale. to say his
3: name eight
1: more times.
0: Alan Dell is awesome. <laughs> Who's an Australian actor who played, uh, fuck, what's his name, Connelly? Caleb Nickel. Well, that I certainly <laughs> do you know I know his name from the OC? I don't know his name from Ant- John Ellis. Uh, no, he was uh, John Ellis. All right. I, I mean, I think we switched his name at some point or something. I don't know. I did a lot of bad shit that Josh Schwartz is probably much smarter than me than ever did. But I, I changed people who, who their father was. Then it switched to uh, their yeah. mother. But anyway. All right. So Julio Cesar Ruiz wants to know about Spawn. Oh. How was that? Do you want to do the remake? <laughs> oh
3: my gosh, that's so cool. Um it was um I, I know that my costume cost more than I made. Because, right. <laughs> um and I and at the time it was um had the most CGI effects of any film ever. 97 they had 730 effects. These producers had worked at, worked at ILM and um so for 97 the, the it was pretty cool. I think the script was a little could have been a little bit better, from what I hear. But um, that was a great, great experience. Got to work with Martin Sheen nice. and um, John Leguizamo. Yeah, that's, that's good.
0: Cool. That's good group. Um, actors outside the set. Do you have great relationships with anybody from OC or Entourage I, that you still talk to?
3: I um, absolutely. I I'm, I'm kind of called the Mama Mindy. Um, I try to wrangle everybody to get together, and and we were supposed to the OC. Um, Group, We were supposed to get together at Peter Gallagher's a few years ago. Pandemic happened, but now we're starting a new text train to get together. I mean, that's the wonderful thing about um, these podcasts. We're reconnecting with people. We've been saying that. I mean, what I've been been sitting, talking to you guys. Totally. Right.
1: And also, too, we've learned things about people that we didn't know when we were Mm -hmm. working. Like when we were asking Rex about the scenes with Piven, it dawned on Doug and I that uh, Rex is a serious actor. Like a trained actor, and to him, it was about the scene, and as long as it was in the character and part of the scene, like, he was cool with whatever, per the actor. And that was interesting to, yeah, you learn new sides that, that, I don't know how it doesn't come up, but it's just such a grind. We've learned more about some of our yeah. castmates during this podcast than we ever knew. Especially uh, Adrian. Right. Exactly. right. <laughs> That's well, and,
3: and I think as actors, there's a the part of it where it's like, look, we've got if to believe is brave. And if something makes me uncomfortable, I gotta look at like why is it uncomfortable? You know, there was a time in acting classes where people—it's like they—they well, they they, make you uncomfortable. Well, the—you right? well, the, 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 you need to do a scene nude because <laughs> you need to get over your insecure your, right. your self consciousness, and to a certain extent. Yeah, because you know, if you're doing a Sam Shepard theoretically, play, theoretically, yeah, right. you might have to do some things on. But but yeah, but but now we're reexamining that. So I think it's great that we're reexamining. But also, I don't want to take the bravery out of what we're doing. You know, right?
0: All right, two more. Jude Turner wants to know: Is Doug as cool of a guy on the set as he is on the podcast?
3: I'm just I thought you they hate set. you on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. In fact, I want to compliment you. I'm listening. Oh, you boy. have such a great voice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you do, thank and, you. and and and. You have a, a grasp of the English language, you
0: know, and lots all called, that, that means editing. Really, <laughs> called editing.
1: Really, editing. Really means
3: Kevin a lot to me. Kevin in there. It means a lot hours. to me.
0: Coming from someone who doesn't complain about their trailer all the time, it's uh, so really uh, a lot.
3: No, uh, I'm enjoying listening. So well,
0: honestly, it was so great to see you. It's it was great
1: so to great, great you to you have you. And uh, she's just happy to hear your amazing voice, Doug. Y- 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 your so amazing bitter grasp it. of the English language. So bitter about it.
3: It's melting. <laughs> You're. But well, y- I, I hear the more of the Brooklyn from you. Long Island. He's just oh, Long, sorry, Long Island. Sorry, sorry. He's trying to he's sound trying tough. To sound yeah, sound yeah. Tough. he's not Brooklyn.
1: He's fucking That's straight like out Long Island. No, Long Island. <laughs> yeah, yeah Studio so, City. Via that. I'm from
3: Orange County. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's all right.
1: Riverside in Riverside. the house. <laughs> so well,
0: anyway, we loved having you. Thank We're psyched. You. And good luck with the podcast. Yeah, check out Melinda's Thank podcast. You. I've listened to I I, I think both episodes. Or did you have well, the second one yet? We I did listened to the first one. Yeah. yeah, I listened to two. They're great, and and Rachel's great. And uh, tell Josh we want them on this one. But good okay. luck with it. And everybody who hasn't watched the OC in years, it really does hold up. And it's interesting to
1: see some of the crossovers with Entourage. And and the podcast is Welcome to the OC Bitches. <laughs> is, I
3: love it. Yeah. I love it. And then uh, at Melinda Clark, that's her yeah. Instagram. Follow her. Yes, she
1: clearly doesn't see her DMs, Doug. Unfortunately. I'm so, just uh,
3: getting into this whole Instagram thing. So. It's an unfortunate
1: part of the podcast process.
3: Well, no, I mean, No, honestly, it's not. If, it's actually if, a
1: chance to get people to listen to something.
3: Rachel know? has, you know, right. s- beautiful Rachel. She's got 1.4, and this is how we're promoting. It's the only way can. to do it. And so I'm building mine, guys.
1: Well, Melinda, let's <laughs> at talk Melinda about Clark. this. Connelly has a big no, I don't. Big
0: Instagram follower. No, I, I, I don't
3: have don't have four. He doesn't whatever. like the post. I have, he like. doesn't
0: like the post. I'm a private podcast. guy. What do you think about that?
3: Yeah. Let me tell you, that's been the most uncomfortable, the self-promotion thing. Yeah. And I have somebody helping me do it because I don't know how to uh, navigate it. It's, it's probably the most uncomfortable. And I finally, somebody said, nobody cares, Mindy. <laughs> nobody cares. Just do it. Yeah. You know. That's hey, check thing. me out. Because it's really not for, it's not for, uh, it's for the fans. Yeah. And they really enjoy it. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's it, to get
0: that listen, it's to get them to listen to this, see if they like what you're doing. And and the mm-hmm. truth is, what a podcast is, is you're revealing stuff about yourself that isn't you working. I mean, uh, some of it's made up because we do content. You'll start doing that too. Like sometimes, Connolly and I fake fights all the time. They're not yeah. really
1: real. Really? No, well, we almost had a couple of fist fights on the podcast, but it's all right. He's cooling off. He's, it's cool uh, he's it's uh, a little he's, tense. Like you said, it takes time. It, it, it's 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 the Wild West. Podcasting is the Wild West and there is not necessarily a right way. It's just kind right. of figuring out. And,
3: and I think, it's to have everything planned out is not going to be um honest to me. You should do you know? it
0: like us. We plan nothing. <laughs> yeah. We show up here. We don't even watch the episodes usually. We just fucking go so. But
3: I think it's um I think it's refreshing and it's like it's like you guys I actually said this that Rachel's and mine is like a she shed and this is the man cave <laughs> right, right? Oh, it's
0: true <laughs> yeah that's great they're great companion pieces so yeah. everybody check out welcome to the OC bitches Connolly, and it. uh
1: victory bitches Connolly. but
3: victory there you go
1: you got Love the victory it. you got the dance you got we everything got it you want all. We got thanks all. for listening victory the podcast